On this episode of the Cash Compound Podcast, it's your host, Jay Du, talking to Yolanda down in the USVI, and we're going to get the scoop on what's happened for the last several years in her banking policy systems. Yolanda, what's up, and welcome to the show. Morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine this morning. Uh, we're recording this in October right now. And over the last couple of months, we've started to get a little bit of a relationship going with you because not only have you been a practitioner, small p, of the infinite banking concept and practicing the save and spend system, but on top of that, uh, you have made the jump here. You're going to go into the big P world, the big yes, practitioner, yes. helping other people learn to do this process themselves. So let's take a take it back a couple of years. How did you hear about this concept? What were you doing? What did you feel about it when you first heard about the save and spend system? Um, a few years ago, I was looking to purchase um, life insurance, and I stumbled upon, you know, TikTok, everybody talking about how, you know, the policies, you can save money and spend your money. So I ended up stumbling upon, you know, you and Jay do the Banking Bros video, and you guys were talking about a book, Nelson Nash. So I decided to read it. And when I read it, I was like, man, this sounds amazing. And um, so I started going to my local insurance companies, asking them, I, I want a policy like this. Do you guys do it? And nobody knew what I was talking about. So that's what I definitely reached back out to you guys to start my policy. And it's been uphill since. Uphill. I like that. Very good. So uh, uphill and not like hard and tough uphill, like money has been uphill, right? That's what you mean. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but okay, very cool. Uh, well, uh, that's very interesting because, number one, I say from time to time on these podcasts and our other videos and content that when I first read the BYOB book, I was so ignorant in the terms that are surrounding banking and financing, I didn't understand it well. Like, I was like, man, this sounds great. The numbers are going up, but what the crap are they saying in this book? You know, because I just, I wasn't equating those terms with the product um, that they talk about in there. So very interesting that you saw that. Now I've got to wonder then, what was your financial background or what did you know? What had you been taught in your life, family, school prior to that? Because uh, you seemed to start to pick up what we were saying. Always, you know, it was work, save your money. Um, um, another thing was my family is if you didn't have the cash, don't buy. Um, so as I'll say about when I got to be 27, I really started looking more into um, trying to grow generational wealth. I have two little girls and just trying to get myself on a track that wasn't taught to me growing up. Um, you know, financial, in the financial world. Um, so I was able to at least have some of those terms were, were, were not new to me. Um, so I, I was able to pick it up a little faster, I believe, and keep me more on the right track of what I was doing. I like it. So you mentioned you got the book because we recommended the book, a book. And yes, then you went and read it, liked what you saw and read there. And then you moved on to ask some other folks on how they were going to help you. 
So I'm going to take a little bit of disrespect that you didn't put a little respect on us and you went to find other people who might be able to do this locally. But what did you learn in that process? What was that conversation like when you started to ask folks you knew? They didn't know anything that I was talking about. They were, you know, telling me, oh, this policy would do this, but it didn't have anything with the value of money. And it was basically a set life uh, death payout, you know, and it, it was nowhere close to anything the book had mentioned. Um, so that's when I reached out to you guys. You know, I, I jumped out on a limb. I was kind of spectacle at first because I wasn't in the States or anything like that. And I just took my chance and it paid out. Very good. So that brings me to the, the culture that you are uh, in. You're in the Virgin Islands, and I'm assuming that you're native and local to there. So yes, what yes. type of, uh, yeah, what type of um, culture mindset came into this practice? Uh, when I think about the islands in the Caribbean and surrounding areas, I'm thinking about people who shouldn't even be worried about money. You should put your toes in the sand, <laughs> don't worry about nothing, get yourself a tent, and just chill. See, I'm trying to get to the place where I have enough money and a lot enough uh, passive income coming in so I can just get down there and hang with you guys. But help me understand, you know, what does the culture think about money? How, how are you guys utilizing um, uh, savings down there? Well, you know, what, what's going on with the average family? Is it very similar to the States or is it completely different in a mindset with the culture there? Um, it's somewhat similar to the States. I think the only big difference here is we're taught to really um, like build your house out of pocket. A lot of people either own their houses um, or still building. We don't really go to the bank. Um, but like I said, it's it's you have the cash or you don't, you know, you don't purchase it. Really, that's kind of the culture, you know. So a lot of people are with the saving the money, you know, the old way, kind of still put money in your pillow underneath the bed, um, stuff like that. That's interesting. So are you saying that credit is used a whole lot less? You're, there's not a lot of bank loans for homes. Um, and or I'm sorry. Yeah, there's not a lot of mortgages due, right? So people are like saving up. Is, is the cost cheaper there than you would say in the States? No, our cost is significantly higher. Every, everything that we purchase here is higher. Like a gallon of milk is like six bucks or so. Um, no, it's just um, you have the average people that you go out and get a mortgage, but a lot of people tend to try to do out of their pocket. We used to have a refinery that's here, and that was one of the big jobs here on the island. And you work crazy hours, so a lot of people would put their money to building their houses. I got you. Very good. Okay, so this process started for you at about what time? You remember when you first reached out to us to grab a policy? And um, how did you come up? When was that? And how did you come up with your premium? So many people, when they're getting started, they're like, man, I don't know what I should do. Like, I like this. They gave me examples of 10K, 25K, 100K, but like, maybe I don't have that. So how did you come up with your number? And when did you get started? I want to say I started two years ago. Um, I'm about to go into my third annual payment. Um, But when I started, yeah, the numbers, I was like, man trying to calculate monthly, you know, how I can manage it and stuff like that. And that's one thing that I love was I had the option to either pay monthly, you know, um, quarterly, semi or yearly. And I can make that change. And I I love that part, you know, um, 
So I took my monthly payments at first. Um, and then I, I got enough money that I went ahead and paid my annual off. There you go. I think a lot of people, yeah, get confused about that. And they, they think because we say the word deposit in bank so much, because that's the functionality we're going to get with our policy, they assume yeah, yeah. that there's some sort of magical rhythm that they can't be, that cannot be understood about putting dollars in, paying premium. But there's not, right? You can pay premium for your car, fire, and phone insurance exactly the same, monthly, annually, right? That's how most people do it. Some people choose quarterly or semi-annual as well. So because of the flexibility of the companies that we tend to use most often, you do have the ability to get an extra cash, right? Lump sums or dump-ins or extra PUAs, as we say, or loan repayments anytime. So that's cool. Not all companies are that flexible, but we like to use companies that are most flexible so we can use it as our own personal private banking system at our leisure, right? We want to be able to put money in when we want to put money in. And uh, that provision is normally available in uh, the select companies that we use most often. I love to hear it. Okay, let's transition now because at some point you decided this was an opportunity for you to share with other people. Now, have you met anybody other than yourself who's utilizing whole life insurance as a banking system on your island? Do you know anybody else who's doing it at all? I want to know how many people are on your island are you are you living in the sticks? Are you living in a big city? I want to know. Do you know people? Are you a loner? Like, who's doing this down there? Not that I know of. If there's one, it would be amazing to know. But, no. Um, a lot of people, you know, even get your life insurance through work, you know, that that's something like a big, uh, not something you talk about. You know, people don't like to talk about death, even though it's a harsh reality it's going to happen. Um, so if I find one, I would be surprised. Wow. Not in that. So that's, that, that's a good opportunity. Cause now you've seen the opportunity to actually be able to share this with other people. And of yes, course, yeah. uh, there is that you can get paid to do that, right? You can get paid to do anything that other people need to know and want to know about. But, uh, I, I want to go back to, and, uh, just repeat something you just said. There's a harsh reality of death. Everybody wants to avoid it. They can't talk about it. It's an uncomfortable subject. And I think that we can change the mindset of the people that we work with all the time because I can be prepared for death. And if I'm prepared for it, then it's easier to talk about. Yes, right? yes. So, I, think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, if I know what's going to happen, I've got a product and a system where my dollars are going to be told what to do. They are guaranteed to do it and get to where they need to go, even if I'm not around then I don't have any problem talking about it. Now, there are other aspects of life, right, that are important in death too, right? The spiritual aspects of life, the social and family aspects of life. But what if we covered the financial part? It, it, it's just not tough to consider anymore. And I don't have a hard time talking about it. I know I'm going to die. And because of that, I am going to be prepared. None of those sentences were negative sentences. They're positive. I know something that is true and will happen. So now I'm prepped for it. Right. So tell me, what are your big goals before we get into kind of helping people and where we are now here in the fall of 23? What are some of your goals with these policy systems? Are you, are you still at one policy? Are you getting yes, more still. or, okay. And we're like, what, yeah, what are, what are you saving for? Or what are you financing? Because you've got a system going. Yeah, I'm still at one, but my plan is to get more. Um, 
like I started out. I started out with a minimum because I was iffy about it. But now seeing what it can do for me, it's like, yeah, you got to get another one. That that one wasn't good enough, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, that is my, my goal and my biggest, you know, dream or legacy to leave really is for me to start generational wealth. You know, kind of giving my kids what I didn't have, but for them to have an understanding of financial literacy um, so that what I am doing, it doesn't go to waste, you know, like um, anything that, that I do pretty much. They would be able to have a financial backing and understanding, not just get a lump sum of money and blow it, you know, like we're, we're used to doing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I've, I've done it. it. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. You know, tax checks, all kind of things that we get. We we don't really think about the long the long haul of what it can do for us or for our children or generations to come. Um, so that's one of my goals. Um, next one is definitely to be able to knock out whatever debt I have and just in my first year of having my policy, I was able to knock out three of them. They weren't big, but at least it was something to knock off, you know, and that weight off of my cho- my shoulders. Well, you mentioned you mentioned your family, your your children here, two girls. Mm-hmm. And here's my question for you: What conversations are going to be different, or have already started to be different in your house than they were in the house you grew up in? Because if you leave people money and they still don't know what to do with it, you're still going to be in trouble, right? It might be a curse. So I just want to know, like, was money a taboo subject in your house growing up? Has that changed? Are you talking about it with your with your daughters? Yeah, it wasn't a taboo topic for for me or my family. My father did talk to us, you know, about finance and becoming your own boss, not really working for somebody. Um so it's it's not much different than what I'm trying to teach my kids or set their goals or what they can accomplish. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. See, we're changing things, but uh, at the same time, it, you are obviously had a great foundation with your family and uh, your dad. You're talking well about them, about talking about these things, getting your own business going. I love that. Um, at the same time, um, maybe they weren't in a position to leave you a bunch of actual dollars. So even if you were talking about it, at least you'll have this pool that will transfer income tax-free to your family after you leave. Now, here's one or two things that I want to know. What is the difference um, about some of the regulations, companies, tax code, anything like that, anything general you want to share about how things are different in the Virgin Islands than they are in the U.S.? Because maybe some of our listeners like you, uh, who see especially on TikTok all over the world, they want to know, like, hey, can I do this where I am? And there's North America is, is your is your option. North America and USVI is almost in North America. But what are some of the differences that may help some other people? Um, I'm not sure if we really have any differences. We do pay our federal taxes, so we do deal with the IRS. You might have a couple local um, taxes, but everything that we do, we do just like in the United States. We're just surrounded by water. Okay, very good. 
All right. Well, I'm surrounded by idiots. You guys are surrounded by water. Okay. Well, hey, I've been on TikTok. Y'all see me on TikTok. I'm the one who normally goes live and uh, does a lot of the teachings there. And uh, so uh, there's a lot of great people, great questions, and they're just getting drowned out by all the noise everybody else wants to talk about. Everybody says, oh, you got to invest your money this way. That's that's dumb to do it in the way he's talking about. And I'm saying for the 50th time in 10 minutes, it's not an investment. It's the pool in which we finance from is where we save our money, the save and spend system. I love it. Okay. Well, this time, ladies and gentlemen, let me shout out to our fan follow of the week. What's up out there on YouTube? You can follow us at The Banking Bros on our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of long-form videos, more content that are vodcast style of these conversations that are recorded, and some examples and uh, factoids, trivia, and glossary of terms so you understand what we're talking about. But at my Rocky, R-O-K-K-I. What's up, Rocky Bonner? We appreciate the follow out there recently on the YouTube channel. And uh, we hope you're learning. Hit us in the chat, the DMs, and we'll show you some more love and answer questions that you may have about getting started with this process if you have not already. Now, back to Yolanda down in the USVI, the Virgin Islands. I want to know now about the opportunity that you saw. For the last couple of months, we've had a conversation, and you've started our training program in efforts to join our team, help other people, make yourself a business just like dad taught you. So tell me what you saw the opportunity there for. And, uh, you know, are you learning anything in our training program? Do you think that we have blown your mind with, Hey, you've gotten started. You've been playing the game for two years, but, uh, Hey, there's a few more things you might want to learn. Yeah. You definitely have blown my mind throughout the course with some of the facts that I've been learning, you know, and, and some of it makes you upset to, to, to see it, that that's what goes on in the world today. And, you know, that we we don't even pay mind to it or we don't really see it that way. Um, but I saw a big benefit here on the island, that the fact that none of the insurance companies knew what I was talking about and couldn't help me, it made me think like, man, it, it's just something that I feel really passionate about. You know, it's something that could benefit a lot of people here, um, especially just the fact that, like, to me, I, I see it as, like, recycling your money, being able to use it and be for yourself as the banks. You know, take some of that big percentage that the banks are making and be able to have it for yourself, you know, not not having to sell somebody, having to tell you, oh, you're denied, and, and it's something so petty why it was denied, you know? Um, being able to have that access to make that that decision, it's I see it as very beneficial. Um, so I saw the need for it here, and working on getting, you know, my insurance license in order to be the provider here. Because if I saw what it did for me in a year, in the two years that I had it, I can imagine what it can do for a lot of people here. And especially if they stay in training the concept, they'll be financially free and just be able to do whatever they want. Their worries wouldn't be a worry anymore. Love to hear it. Yeah, we're looking to help you on that journey and create an environment of people who are ready and willing to talk about their finances. And like you said, uphill, not in terms of effort, but uphill in terms of money and cash flow for the rest of their lives. Okay. So you mentioned you've got daughters as well. So I've got four kids, you know, I got policies on them here. So 
it's about time, right? We got to get this thing started. What if your folks started these style of policies on you when you were their age? Can you think of it? Can you imagine? Or does it just make <laughs> you mad like me? <laughs> I can uh, make me kind of upset, but I could only imagine what what it would have did for us. Love to hear it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to Yolanda Andrews down in the United States, Virgin Islands. We're so happy to have her as a part of the team. And we hope you've related to her story, a reminder that people just like you and me are getting into the game of saving their money and spending someone else's. We're cracking the code to cash flow. And no matter where you've started from, you can get to where you want to go with a properly set up and structured foundation. That's what we're here to do, ladies and gentlemen. So, Yolanda, thanks for being on the podcast. We're going to hear and see from you in later education. And uh, we look forward to uh, changing a lot of lives down on your island. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.